All right. Welcome back into the Big Red Revival podcast. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. Uh, as usual, got my the quarterback, Zach Ravy, sitting to the left of me. How's it going? And uh, Coach Drew Burson sitting to the right. Cheers. <laughs> uh, last time we left off, you know, it was the end of the season. Uh, uh, National Signing Day had just happened. Uh, Nebraska, you know, signed that top 20 uh, recruiting class. So it's been about, what, shit, two months now since we've uh, got on here and done, did an episode. So At least. It's been too long. It's been a little long. So, um, you know, it's off season. There's a couple different ways we could go. But, uh, you know, with uh, starting a new uh, decade and all, we kind of just wanted to look back at uh, the Huskers in the last 10 years, the 2000s, uh, the transition to the Big Big Ten, a couple coaching changes, and just kind of look back on the decade of uh, past players, wins, losses, and just kind of do a decade in review. So, But uh, before we get into that, let's just kind of check in on everybody, see what everybody's been up to uh, since uh, we left off around Christmas. So, Zach, what's what's been happening in the, in the Rabies household? You know, just uh, living day by day. Uh, took a little trip recently um, for yeah. a pretty pretty significant reason, I guess I could say. Um, <laughs> I'm sure uh, you will get to that eventually. But right. um, other than that, you know, it's it's that time of year where you just kind of you're sitting back, you're just waiting for for the next football season. You're kind of taking in a little basketball and baseball starting to fire up. Uh, nope. So you know, just just been living life and uh, and waiting for the the good time of uh, football season to return. Yeah, you know, I've already kind of punted on basketball season with uh, the Huskers being uh, historically wow. bad, uh, even for them. Yep. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's the growing uh, pains, you yeah, know. It's like maybe the baseball team pull, you know, pull, pull their shit together. <laughs> the but, bowling uh, team win the national title this year? Yeah, always strong Probably. in bowling. They're, always, they're strong. Our bowling, our women's bowling team is strong. Elite. And the rifle team, they just beat yeah. like, the Navy. Yeah, they beat the Army. Army. <laughs> like, that's terrible. It's, that's, that's not great. That's not great. Right? Not, we right. World War Three. You know where you're recruiting first. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, Drew, uh, what have you been up to? I know you, uh, you know, teaching. You had a nice long yep. Christmas break. Uh, yep. Enjoying my on? breaks. Enjoying my breaks. Teaching some kids. Uh, you know, my my own kid's about to be one years old. So yep. just all the fun that comes with that. Standing up, learning to walk, walk and stuff, yep. Yep. playing with stuff, saying words. Right. When he hits the hard D's, you know it's bedtime. Time for bed. Exactly. So. Uh, myself, obviously, uh, you know, Ravi had mentioned that, uh, we had a little trip out to, uh, the Dominican Republic where, uh, my uh, now wife and I tied the knot out there. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of big shit happened uh, on my side of things. So we went Congratulations, out. brother. Congrats. Yeah. Yes. I'm in the club now. Yeah. So, no, Ma- no, Megan is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's been great. You know, we had a nice long week out in the Dominican drink, you know, Bunch of tequila, enjoyed, soaked up the sun, got out of Nebraska, and came back to, uh, I think it was minus five when I stepped yep. off the flight in shorts. So uh, back to reality. Came back, back to with some extreme dehydration. Yeah, you know, put a couple of the groomsmen maybe uh, to the ER, you know, <laughs> Brett. Um, Sorry, but, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's been, uh, you know, a good uh, six weeks, eight weeks off. Uh, but, you know, it's time to now dig back into it. So um, let's just kind of jump back into it. You know, we're going to review – the uh, the 2000s for Husker football and just kind of the uh, you know the odyssey of the 2010s exactly it, unfortunately it was uh, Nebraska's worst decade since 1950 uh, wins and win percentage wise so it kind of was really a tale of two halves um, you know the first half of the decade under uh, Pelini and then the uh, back end with uh, Riley and uh, Frost finishing off there at the very end so um, you know kind of just 
A couple general overview stats of the 2000s. Nebraska went 75 and 54, uh, 58% win percentage. So, and then the last five years, they were 28 and 30, 34. So below 500. So um, started the decade off, you know, perennially in the top 25. Um, you know, getting a couple top top twenty five wins, competing uh, in the conference. You know, competing. You know, for to get to the conference title game, uh, a couple heartbreaking losses in yeah. the title games. Definitely sol- a solid program, though. Just keeping relevancy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. You know, yep. so, playing some big games here and there. You know, nine win uh, Bo Pelini. He was going to get his nine wins uh, and get his four losses by uh, by hook or crook each yeah. each year. So it's going down. And you know, we complained about that a whole lot, and um, I think. You know, now we might uh, give up our first child for a nine-win <laughs> season. So it's been, uh, it's been, it was quite the ten years. Um, you know, also we only went to uh, six bowl games uh, in the ten years, and um, we had a two and four bowl record. And one of them being the year that we uh, backed into the bowls and they let us in at yeah, five, and, five seven. and seven. Yep, and we got that uh, win over UCLA in the Foster Farms Bowl. We were clearly more interested and motivated to play yeah. that game than they yeah. were. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah. That was a decent team, but they he's aloof anyway. They though. underperformed all year, and then we, you know, we snuck in there and we yeah. and we kind of flexed our muscles on. Oh, yeah. It was a fun game to watch. It was. It was good. It was. It was a good victory. Yeah, and you know that was. Uh, that we thought was going to springboard us because right. that got, you know, kind of ended the season on a high note. And then the following season, we got off to that 7-0 and start. And yeah. we thought that the program. I think that, has, I think that shows a lot really about that team's senior leadership, though. Yep. Because when they were gone, it got worse. Right. So, you know, we win the Foster Farms Bowl, finish, you know, six wins, and then start the following season 7-0. and And I think at that point, we're starting to think uh, – you know, the program had taken it. Yeah. Turn, turn that corner finally. And remember Tommy, he was playing, you know, we beat him with the pass, but he ran a couple, yeah. even had a pulled hand. That's when, uh, you know, we, they figured out or we had a Zigbo on our team. Yeah. Again, you know, yeah. he always gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I know. I've been a fan of the Zigbo all four years. and I took a lot of crap the first three. Yeah. But uh, let's just, let's start back at the beginning. The 2002, 2010 season was uh, Nebraska's last season in the big, big 10, um, you know, after, um, it kind of kind of all started with uh, Missouri trying to uh, work a back backdoor deal of yep. trying to get into the uh, Big Ten, and the Big Ten turned them down. And then uh, the whole conference realignment thing started to take place, and people, uh, especially the Big Twelve, was uh, looking to get out of town quick. Yep, I really didn't believe Nebraska would would trade. I really didn't think they would. Yeah, at I the thought, time, you know, and I think a lot of the people in the Big Twelve at the time were uh, a little upset about how well, Texas, Texas, Texas Texas had gotten the, their own uh, the root network. Of the yeah, Texas had gotten their own network, and more network, get extra seconds put on the clock. Yeah, yeah one extra right. Second. Yeah, that's a good binning to have. That so that helps them. That always helps. But uh, Nebraska was the first major shoe to drop in the whole yeah. conference realignment thing. Um, you know, in two, June 2010, you know, they made the agreement to uh, join the Big Big Ten the following year, and then after them, you know, a couple other shoes started to drop. Um, there was those rumors of Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech, and Texas A&M all joining the. Uh, the Pac-12 at one point and making a super conference, which makes no sense. It makes geographically no sense, so. makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> uh, Texas put an end to that, and so you know everybody yeah. in the Big Twelve kind of does whatever Texas you know wants to. Except for, except hey, for us, you can't do long. You Thankfully. can't do Longhorn right. down anymore. That's a penalty. Don't yes, do that. that's that is a uh, horns down foul. big penalty. I'll still do it. Anytime, <laughs> and I hope um, our players will too. So, yeah. and then the next uh, shoot to drop in that whole conference realignment was uh, Colorado. Uh, they made a deal to join the big or the Pac-12 in no 2012. One, no one seemed to notice, right? Yeah. And it, exactly. <laughs> so uh, eventually, A&M and Missouri left for the SEC. Uh, you know, 
Missouri is has had a little bit of success early. Yeah, no one seems to remember them either. But um, but they have played okay. Their you know, defense was really stout. The yeah, first they've had a couple of coaching SEC, changes too. Now they've you know. shifted completely, and well, they've they had more of an coaching. offense. They won. Defense. They won the big or uh, the SEC East two years in a row. Two of yeah. the first three years they were in the conference, so they made a little splash over there. But now they've uh, fallen back yeah. up to the back of the pack. But um, let's just kind of start with the 2010 season, the last season in the Big Ten. Um, Nebraska makes it all the way to the uh, that's Adrian Martinez. Uh, first season starting. Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman comes on just uh, like you know, trail burner. Just I mean, came on super oh, strong. Yeah. He had that breakout game on that Thursday night at Kansas K State. State, man. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's the leader for the Heisman. You there, know, there's a really funny uh, YouTube video out there. Uh, YouTube video out there. It's like highlights of uh, Taylor Martinez, and I mean, he ran forever yep. on them all night. And each time he scored a touchdown, it just goes to a view of one of the K-State fans. <laughs> and it's just complete demoralization. And they're just, you know, the the surrender cobra and yeah. the head in the hands and yeah. stuff. It's, the it's worth checking out. It's so funny because it's just – we just completely went in there and dominated them. Yep. So Nebraska was in the top ten all season long. Like you said, Martinez, it's his uh, freshman year. Coming on strong at the one point, he's the uh, leading Heisman candidate ahead of Cam Newton. Yeah, some big names. Yeah, ahead of Cam Newton and RG three. So just kind of the company. Maybe putting holding. the cart before the horse. Yeah, uh, eventually yeah, zone read. You wouldn't have to stop the zone read. Eventually, uh, you know, Cam Newton went ahead and uh, put on, uh, in my opinion, the greatest season oh. a college football players ever had. He led the SEC in rushing seventeen hundred yards in the quarterback position. Yeah, come on. Uh, eventually, ended up winning the national championship over Oregon that year. It only cost him 80K. But, uh, you know, that season also we had that big uh, top – I think uh, Missouri was number three, and they had just knocked off number one Oklahoma, came to town with Blaine Gabbert. Halo's still running. Who Blaine Gabbert, who he dissed us, committed to us, came on a recruiting visit. And then his brother did too. There's a mythical story. And Josh Freeman did also. Yeah. So that wasn't a great stretch. Three three, uh, Missouri quarterbacks that committed to us and then dissed us. But Missouri really hasn't treated us well in recruiting. We've recruited a lot of dudes from Missouri – Peyton Newell, maybe one of them. Yep. We'll talk about that but, more later. But, that but they game, haven't really treated us right. But that game, Haley did not treat Missouri right because he ran for 307 yards and yeah. like he set the 100 record. touchdowns. Yeah. But yep. also, oh. to that point, Martinez tweaked his ankle that game, and he was never quite the never same the for the same. rest of his career. No. Yep. Cost- he peaked Cost- early and never really quite got back to that. I mean, yeah. he was Offensive Player of the Year, I think, the next year. Yep. Yeah. But he played he, well. He, he played well his junior year, too. But he was a little bit less of a runner. He, ran, he threw for 3,000 his junior year. Yeah. One thing I will say that stands out to me just from like a coaching standpoint, though, that maybe preludes later to Martinez as a person, his personality. When we were in a in a, in a a death match with South Dakota State, which we shouldn't have been at the time, they had scored two touchdowns to called back. Final, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. they had two touchdowns called yeah. back. It really could have been 17-17. Yeah. He got called for an unsportsmanlike penalty. He ran out of bounds, stiff-armed a guy like five yards out of bounds and kept stiff-armed him in the face because he was so frustrated because they have been holding him down. It's like, dude. No. You're trying to punk South Dakota State. You're so, Nebraska. What yeah. are you doing? You're up for the Heisman. <laughs> so, on, uh, you know, early in that season, we had a uh, a big game where we traveled out to uh, to play at Washington. And, yep. And uh, what's the guy's name? Jake. Uh, Jake Locker. Jake Locker. Oh yeah. Um, and went out there and stomped them out. Uh, I think it's. Let me see. It was 56, 56, 21. Mm-hmm. Not uh, close. So just completely dominated Jake Locker and uh, UW. So we're feeling good at that point. Um, and then I believe the first loss of the season was that controversial loss at Texas A&M where we yeah, lost, I think, 9-6. Nine nine to to six. Six. Yeah. They put all those extra fucking chairs on the field where so they wanted to get the max capacity. So they just Both like man. they just put all these extra like six rows of chairs deep on the field, on the sidelines. 
Uh, and just, I think we had 38 penalties. And that was Bo Pelini's coming out party as a complete psycho too. Yeah. Is that, is that when, uh, Martinez, they said called his (laughs) mom at At halftime and and then then got ripped, ripped for that. Yeah. And so jumped in his ass. Call your mom at halftime. Come on, bro. Right. Come on. Come on, man. That's, that's just California. Uh, I mean, but Nebraska had a good season, ended up making it to the big 10, our big 12 championship game, uh, an arrowhead where they took on Oklahoma. It was Jerry world. Was yeah, it? Yeah, Martinez, yeah. Yeah. Martinez had a yeah, lot of. That was Jerry World because okay. I was down there for that yeah. one. It was it was like four years earlier when we played uh, Adrian Martinez, where or not Adrian Martinez, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, oh, okay. that was an Arrowhead. That was yep. an arrow- Okay, so that was a cold one. That yeah, was, that was a good game. Nebraska jumped out on them early. I think it was seventeen three, seventeen nothing, seventeen nothing. Unfortunately, ended up losing that game uh, twenty three to well, twenty. Was, yeah, we were up. We were we had twenty at halftime. We didn't score again for the rest of the game. Yeah, and they just kicked two field goals the second half. Yeah, defensive so, battle. We still had Sue. We had, but you know, good, no, we didn't have Sue that year. No, Sue was two thousand nine. Yeah, right. so right. so it's Nebraska, you know, goes out. Uh, you know, as a like I said, we we're in the top ten, top team. fifteen the whole season. So we're in the conference championship game. It's time to it's time to join the new conference and. Uh, so we're joining the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten makes one of the stupidest decisions I've ever uh, seen in my life <laughs> with the uh, conference realignment of the uh, leaders and legends. Legends division. and leaders. Yeah, one of the worst titles. and just, Didn't last for long. No. Yeah, what did it last? Two years? I mean, two, maybe three, three max. You have to go geographical when you do those Come things. on. And like, you don't name on. them leaders and legends. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that was stupid it, to start it was, with. It was the dumbest thing I've seen. In very, time, very terrible. From the Mike Riley higher, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that first season, Nebraska goes 9-4, and four, you know, a.k.a. Uh, the Pelini style. The Pelini special. Um, our first Big Ten game, uh, we were number number eight, and we were going in to uh, play Wisconsin. Uh, it was our first Big Ten uh, game. And Russell Wilson, one of the beginners of the grand And um, it uh, was a Russell Wilson's breakout game. Um, you know, before Russell Wilson was just a nice player at NC State. Yep. Um, grand transfer, though. That was the beginning of a movement. Yeah. Um, which he started something there. So it, uh, it was the first, our first Big Ten game, prime time, and underneath we, the lights. And we were up 17 to 7 in that game. Yeah. And, and uh, they, his moxie, though. Got up 17 to 7. They and rattled uh, off 41 on Yeah. Whoops. And it, and it Whoops. ended up being uh, 48 17. So our first. <laughs> First taste of Big Ten football on the road, not great. I mean, going to Madtown uh, for Yikes. your first uh, trip in the Big Ten Jump around. is uh, it's it's a lot to handle. So <laughs> it was just kind of that was kind of the starting string of a lot of national TV blowout losses. Yeah, a lot that, of disappointment that would uh, end up being the uh, the end of uh, Bo Pelini because of the too many primetime blowout losses. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, the season, season went well, the next game, well, we had Ohio state coming to town. So there was, uh, no time to, uh, you know, lick our wounds from right. that, uh, ass whooping in Madison, but, uh, Ohio state came to town. Braxton Miller, um, was having his, uh, break come out his game. Way. Him and I believe Joe Bowsman ended up coming well, in. Well, yeah. Cause yeah. Braxton Miller got hurt. Cause Sean Fisher bliss off the edge. Levante David. No, Levante. dude, I'm telling you right now. I want, it's Sean Fisher, 42. Hits him in the knee with his helmet. Well, that's what injured done. Him. Yeah. Oh, and then well, Levante Levante ripped, ripped the ball out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Miller got hurt on a Sean yeah. Fisher helmet yeah, to the right. kneecap. Yep. yep. So, um, so Ohio State clearly would have beat us. Oh, if, my God. Uh, 100%. Miller stays in the game. Joe Bowsman couldn't do anything. Yeah. Three and out every series. So, it's, uh, 
you know, we talk about this more, Taylor? Let's talk about what you and I were doing that yeah, night. We were doing a little partying. We were you know? partying, I was and partying some too. guy started talking a whole bunch of stuff uh, about Nebraska. Oh, he no. might have been an Ohio State fan. He might yep. have just been a drunk husband. At Sandy's, fan, drinking that blackout he, juice uh, at Oak Creek water. Yeah, and we were in Sandy's, and you know, Taylor, Taylor had enough, used. and yep. Taylor had enough, and stood up. And I think he was on the way to the bathroom. This guy got in Taylor's face. <laughs> I've never seen another grown man push <laughs> another man down. It's <laughs> usually like a fight, but yeah, had to put him on his back. Well, <laughs> Turtle him up. It was just like the most nonchalant. Pushed him down. Taylor continued to the bathroom. This, this guy done. got kicked out, and we continued and just came back and beat Ohio yep. State. Uh, yep. Rex Burkhead. Uh, Rex Burkhead and Taylor stud. Martinez had yeah, great stud. games. He had that uh, one touchdown where he uh, sidestepped the guy yep. and took off. I mean, took off the Burkhead put the team on his back on offense. Can't uh, say about David on defense. Oh, man. Just, I mean, half that's... our crowd left at halftime, and that's where the uh, the audio tape was born. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The that's right. Audio that's right. Tape. Infamous yep. audio tape. So, yep. uh, also the last time we beat Ohio State, yes. also. So, but that's. We... Side note, though, <laughs> about Rex Burkhead that. being the stud person that he is, also inspired Zach to name his dog Rex. Yeah, that yep. is a fact. So, uh, Zach's dog, I think he's a hell of a player, and Great my player. wife had a little crush on him. So, yep. what here we do? are with the dog named Rex now. now we, there we go. So, Nebraska's often running in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, one and one, uh, a blowout loss at, at Wisconsin. Then it come from behind victory against Ohio State. Nebraska, once again, is in that number 15 and number 20 range all season. Had some big wins that season. You know, uh, beat number nine Michigan State at home. And then went on the road and beat Penn State and what's uh, unfortunately the infamous uh, Joe <laughs> Pa game. Um, you know, it was the first game. It was an awkward game. Yeah, the first game awkward Penn State. should have never uh, been played, in my opinion. Right. So we went on the road and got the win at number 12 Penn State, which is probably our highest road victory. Um, in a while. And in the decade for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. So, in the last nine <laughs> yeah, years. So, um, yeah, that, it was that awkward Joe Pa game and then. Ron Brown, you know, giving the uh, the speech after the game to everybody, but big uh, moment. So. It was, uh, you know, one of those games that for, will forever be remembered. I mean, it was the first game without Joe Paterno. Yeah. So in like thirty plus years. Yeah. So Nebraska ends up finishing. So we had to come come and spoil the party for. Him. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, uh, you know, and also capped off the season with beating Iowa. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. Um, that's that, we used to do that. Yeah, that used to be a thing. <laughs> we can do that. That used to be a thing. Um, ended up losing to South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. Finished the season number twenty-four in the country, nine and four. Take it. Basically, uh, that's Kill the Polo Pliny special. So, yeah. um, but let's just kind of go with overview. We kind of got out of the way uh, the last season in the Big Big T- Twelve, and then the first season in the Big Ten. Um, and like I said, the win percentage fifty-eight percent. You know, uh, is the lowest since nineteen fifties. Um, if you guys had to pinpoint one exact thing of what has plagued Nebraska. Uh, in these last 10 years, I mean, is it the coaching turnover? Is it the switch to the Big Ten? We just haven't adjusted. Is it missing on some top recruits or the not development of talent? Um, Zach, if you had to pinpoint one thing about what's plagued Nebraska these last 10 years, where where would you have to go with that? Uh, you can sprinkle a little bit of each of them in there, but <laughs> I, I think for sure it's not coaching changes, it's coaching change. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is, like him or not, Bo Pelini, he was – he didn't deserve to be fired when he was fired. Um, there was definitely a trajectory of, of the program going, you know, kind of a little south, a little south, a little yeah. bit, but not, but not bad. that, not that much. It just where, felt like not it Mike plateaued. Riley south. Not it, Mike it, Riley it plateaued. South. I mean, and, and at this point we can look back and say, we'll take that plateau. But there, parallels Frank Solich, right? I mean, yeah, but um, I don't know. It just in three years in the big 12, he finished no lower than first place or tied for first place in the big 12 North. Um, in the last two years, he was in the Big Big 12 championship, and 
I, I mentioned it earlier, but he got robbed of a Big 12 championship against Texas. Absolutely. I, I mean, completely there. robbed, and that might have and that might have changed everything. Yes, the trajectory would happen, yeah. For the future, because, you know, we gain a little bit of extra momentum. We might get some extra recruits that we wouldn't have gotten. We might win the next And then game. we win the next Big 12 championship again. We yeah. could be repeat Big 12 Hell champions yeah. at that point. Right. But, you know, that's Texas. That's what they do. They cheat. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, Houston Astros, Houston Astros, Cheaters. what state are they in? Exactly. Texas. Texas. Yep. Houston Asterix. Um, <laughs> but, um, and then you fast forward a couple years, and although the outcome was not great, he was in the Big Ten Championship. Yep. And, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing nine and four, ten and four, ten and four seasons year in, year out. And it's just, it's hard to look back and really get behind that, that firing because. Yeah. I mean, after he got fired, he had just come off a a win at Iowa against our quote unquote rivals right. um, in overtime. And you know, it's like, how do you how do you fire a guy after he just beats your rivals? And it's a right. new it's a new like rivalry trophy trophy with the heroes trophy and everything. Yep. And then we just can the guy. And then you did go, good, kid. You're gone. And, and then and to me, it like really starts with with who was at the top and I'm looking, looking at Sean Eichhorst, right? Um, because he fired him because maybe he, you know, rubbed some people the wrong way and it was the completely wrong reason to fire somebody, but he fires somebody and brings in somebody who has never won <laughs> or been successful right. anytime, anywhere. Yep. And to me, it goes down as not only kind of the biggest head scratcher in Nebraska football history, but also, one of the top maybe 10 head scratching moves of college football history Jeez. to bring in a guy who has never won anywhere to a traditional program like Nebraska. Right. It just, it still pisses me off. It irks me because yeah, like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, why do we hire this guy? Like it was just such a, it seemed like a just it was like a big buildup and then a big let. Not even a big buildup. It was like kind well, of well, just a, a big buildup of who are we going to hire? Yeah, and why? And then you're like, this we guy clearly didn't Google have anyone guy. in mind when we fired Bo Pelini. Right? I thought they should have hired the guy. Was not time. a business mind. Uh, apparently, you thought he was because he's coming from Miami. He had some success there, but mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know. I I do think we have the right guy now. I agree. However, I, I think I just I think both Bill Moose and Frost. I know that it's kind of a, a controversial issue with Bo Pelini because a lot of the you know the, the polarizing blue, the blue hairs didn't really like him because he was coming down on the fans and everything. But yep. at the same time, the guy won nine or ten games a year, and we canned him, and then we brought in a guy who can't win ever. Has never won except for right. the seniors. The seniors led this team that one year. Yeah. Besides them, he sucks. I mean, yeah. he he's the era of. Of hip hip hoorays and sprinkle on <laughs> oh ice cream. Oh my god, dude. Like, uh, and not cleaning up the I locker. I couldn't be happier to not have him anymore. He's a great guy. He's very nice to people. Sure. But my goodness. He's Jesus. not a good his team. Coach. His team won't clean up the locker room. F yeah. you, man. Yeah. I mean, so, come on. Um, so I'm just going to jump in on that because I, I definitely have the opposite take. Uh, really? Of that. Um, I was of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. No um, surprise there, but you know, um, Pelini 100% should have been fired. And he could have made the case where he could have been fired a year or two beforehand. Damn, bro. Um, Nebraska, the one thing about Nebraska that makes it special is the fans. Yeah. Once you try to pit the team against the fans, yeah. it's time to go. That's I just that's an absolute deal breaker. But this is, is, is I will say, is, is this coming from the guy that do, wants to sell out streak to go away? 
Oh, it's because no. people hang their hats on that and yeah. we lie about it. I agree. Okay. We lie about okay. it. Okay. Okay. That, that's the thing we lie <laughs> yeah. about. But Queenie's yeah. players but did, would ride or die for that's, him. Am that's, I wrong? That's, yeah, that's, it got to be like. That's neither. It got to be against the world. And it's not. This is a state run program. And the fans are the most important part. It's what makes it special. Because fucking getting blown out every time in primetime doesn't make us special. It's fucking when we go and sell out Northwestern Stadium. When we go sell out half of Oregon Stadium. It's the fans is the only thing special about this program. And once you try to turn the fans, the Away. players against the fans, that's when it's time to go. No matter what your antics on the sidelines or whatever, they're fine, but you got to be winning. And yep. all he was doing was beating the people. He's, he's supposed beating to be. who he's supposed to be. He was never, uh, you know, we're minus, you know, we're 10 point dogs and we're pulling something off. Never happening. Under Seven four player. against Iowa and Minnesota though. Yeah. Also yeah. when it's, Choosing a new coach is kind of like dating. It's like, okay, I went from this maniac. <laughs> Bo Pelini was, I love ba- this already. Yeah, Bo yeah. Pelini was basically Bo Pelini was basically like a hairdresser or a stripper. You know, it's like, okay, I went from this person. Now let me go find this girl that has a nice office you go job. Find a library. It's, it's just like when you're done when you one relationship ends, you tend yeah, you tend to just jump into somebody that's a completely opposite of what you have, and that's what Nebraska did. You went from. My, from Bo Pelini, a complete But maniac. that librarian couldn't win nine games. And he? then you went to Mike Riley, Mr. Nice Guy. This guy did everything right off the field, nothing right on the field. <laughs> um, you know, it's – I'll get into it more, but, I mean, it started early. I mean, we lost yeah. the first – First, his first game on a Hail Mary. Oh my God. And then we lost at Illinois on some of the worst, worst clock play management. Call on fourth down. Yeah, worst clock management I've ever seen. And Jesus. I'm a huge, huge component of situational football yeah. and clock management. It is something, the game. It is something that I just I have no tolerance for at all. I hear you. But there. Drew, yeah. um, I sort of got off a little no, bit there. Good. What 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 was the biggest plague okay. for Nebraska in the two so, thousands? For me, this is like the thing that made the chain reaction happen, which led to the downfall in the Nebraska program. So when Nebraska switched from the Big 12 to the Big 10, I think Pelini, being a secondary specialist with LSU and the work he had done before in the NFL, he was specialized in the nickel defense. Right. The Big 12 was wide open football, a lot of spread offenses. Kansas was tearing it up at the time. Different schools, right? Texas right. Tech, all that stuff. Yeah. We specialized at running the nickel. They had to change the starting lineup out of just your standard 4-3 to show the nickel with an extra DB in there. Like That really helped us in the Big 12 when we made the jump. Now you got to play different defense, which hurt both the program and Pelini and just exposed it more. So I think that was what led us to winning less and us not achieving at the same level because that's not what he specializes in. Yeah. You know, I've always been a component of that. If like just the like, team switching conferences, yeah. it's completely different styles. Take, totally different. Take like an Auburn team and put them in the Pac 12. Oh my They're God. They're going to struggle because yeah. it's a completely different right. brand of football. And because of that, like we didn't win as many games. Like we're no longer in the conference championship, but we're not getting the recruits who were. We recruited right. heavy, Texas. heavy, heavy Texas. Yep. Yep. Texas created a lot of our best players. Rex Burkhead, yep. whoever else, Texas, man. Yep. We stopped recruiting Texas when we moved out of the Big 12. Right. And I think both of those things just led into the, the ugliness that partake later. Mm-hmm. And then we end up losing, you know, and then we fire Pelini. Well, and we got heavy on California, and those guys are a bunch they're of They're not plates. tough. They're, I mean, they're, they're not they're tough. Soft. They're, they're soft. They're not tough. Soft. And, like, unless now you're getting your quarterback, you know, unless, like, now you, unless you're getting your quarterback or maybe a maybe receiver. Maybe a receiver, you know. That's maybe a corner, that. maybe, you know. But you're not you – But don't I don't want my middle linebacker. I don't want my lineman. Defense alignment. I don't want my – I don't want any gritty players. from Yeah, yeah. I want South Dakota. I want a place where you have four seasons. Right. Yeah. When you have four seasons, you're forced to like fight through the coldness and still walk practice. We played college football. On... <laughs> we had to walk through the wind tunnel to 5 a.m. conditioning. It's yeah. four in the morning. 
yep. and we're walking through the tunnel every day. Sure. I mean, we had to do it. So you're saying that the conference change is probably is what the what the what the catalyst for the downfall of our program. I think we could have maintained and Pelini would have prolonged his career. Yep. I don't know if he leads us, leads us to a championship, but he definitely would lead us back to the Big Twelve championship. Our recruiting would have maintained, right. and we would have stayed the same and got more national exposure. Now he wasn't an elite recruiter. No, no one on his staff solid. was besides uh, Keith Williams. Keith, yeah, yeah, and that D lineman dude from Oklahoma, John Blake, was there for a little while, right? Yeah, but he was a cheater. Yeah, um, he got some results though. Yeah, and then now he's banned from football. Yeah, forever definitely. Now, I believe he's right, part of that Houston Astros organization. <laughs> yeah. Right, he's part of the Astros. <laughs> he's um, but Pelini didn't miss, just like on the field. You know, he didn't really miss, and we had a lot of great recruits that panned out from the classes that he had. The Eric Hags. Yeah, there right? was a little more. Larry Sante. I, I feel yeah. like I feel like it wasn't a lot of big time recruits, but it was a lot of guys that. Uh, and Samukamara. The, the developed. Rex Burkhead, Amir Abdullah. and developed. Yeah. Yep. So and they all were gritty. They were tough. Right. Pliny's going to bring toughness. I yeah. will say that. Yeah. For, for me, uh, the, the last ten years, the biggest thing was it's the coaching changes. Three coaches in ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had three coaches the previous 35 years. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the coaching change. It's the whole philosophy change. So it's continuity. It's, cool. it's, yeah. It's it's like, no, it's like Bo Pelini's offense was completely different than what Mike Riley wanted. Yeah. As soon as Mike Riley – remember when Mike Riley got fired, say he comes back that next season – our QB room is fucking deep. You go, yeah, right. Tanner, Tanner yeah. Lee, P-O-B, come, uh, P-O-B, and Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. So now it's like he now has three guys at, you know, a senior, a sophomore, and a true freshman. But why didn't we go after Burrow? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, right. I know. I'm, say. I'm the biggest so, proponent of going yeah. after Burrow. So it's like, okay, at this point, you know, he had Tommy Armstrong for the first two years. It's really not his guy. Tanner Lee came in. Wasn't it? Didn't play as great as he was, but he was serviceable. He was serviceable. And probably could have had a really good senior year. He's Too a many idiots. He's a fucking idiot. Too many serviceable. Sixes. So I'm just saying, it's like, so now uh, Mike Riley finally gets his quarterbacks in there and his guys in there. And it's like, oh, fired again. So now it's right. time to switch the whole Every philosophy again. So now it's now it's back to now Frost come in and yeah. we have to start a true freshman. Which Go through the growing pains. That worked, it worked out well. It worked out well. No, Ish, it didn't. We, we started 0 and 6. So it yeah. didn't work yeah. out well. Um, Thanks, we got a, we got we, we, what we believe our guy, but it certainly didn't work out well. So I think it's not just the coaching change; it's the whole philosophy. It's going yeah. from oh, we're running this kind of offense to this kind of offense. Now we're running a four three, Everybody and now we're knows. running a three four. It's just it's not the same. It's like no. Wisconsin has changed coaches quite a few times in the last 10, 15 years. But, all but the their same whole coaches, their, their coaches are the exact same people. They want yes. to run a power. Yeah, uh, because they had the same AD. Exactly. Yes. And I love Bill Moose. I think that's what's going to help us. So, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Barry Alvarez, and he's Moose got a guy played, in mind. Bill Moose time, was an yeah. all-conference. Let's not forget, Bill Moose, all-conference offensive tackle for Washington State. Yep. He's played the game at a high level. Oh, he understands yeah. the he's, commitment. I'm not saying football is above other sports, but he understands the commitment and what it takes to actually be – You know, now that Nebraska's got a, you know, a football guy as an athletic director – um, all the uh, ads and the higher ups uh, all seem to be pulling in the same direction. You know, putting Nebraska football as its top priority. Uh, obviously, we feel that we've got the right man in charge uh, at the helm, Scott Frost. So I think just everybody pulling in the same direction and some c- consistency and an identity is going to be what changes this program around and changes it back, not maybe back into what it was, but. What's uh, you know something that uh, Nebraska can be proud of each each year, year in and year out? Because uh, right now, uh, I I mean the two thousands, I mean you can make a very valid argument that Nebraska's men's athletic department was the worst men's athletic department in any <laughs> Power Five school. Um, I mean the basketball team is obviously a joke. The football team had its worst decade in fifty years. Um, the baseball team 
didn't really do a whole lot. Um, you know, went through a couple coaches, um, but you know, it's, it, it's just been a horrendous decade for Nebraska men's athletics. Um, so I think just having the right guy at top and I believe Bill Moose is that guy, you know, so it's just it's one of those things, but, um, you know, the, the Omaha world Herald Athlon, a couple other places, obviously end of the decade, put out these all, all decade teams for each university. And, you know, just kind of going through the Nebraska one, I think is mainly where, uh, the problems might start at because, um, <laughs> I'm just going to go through the the uh, Omaha World's Herald's all-decade team, and then uh, we'll discuss that and see what you guys think of who's on here. Quarterback, Taylor Martinez. Running back, Amir and Rex Burkhead. Wide receiver, Stanley Morgan. Kenny Bell, Jordan Westerkamp. Tight end, some reason, Seaton Carter. Offensive lineman, they had Spencer, Spencer Long, Mike Caputo, Alex Lewis, Jeremiah Searles, and Brandon Hymas. Defense line, Jared Crick. Malik Collins, Baker Steinkohler, Randy Gregory, linebackers, Levante David, Will Compton, DBs, probably one of our strongest suits, uh, Eric Had, John Go- Gomes, excuse me, <laughs> Tuan Gomes, uh, <laughs> Stanley Jean Baptiste, Alfonso Denard, Matthew Stafford, or um, Damian Stafford, and Nate Gary, <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Um, that's slow in the foot. That's, I mean, well, let's just start with obviously the quarterback. Uh, do you guys? How do you guys feel about Taylor Martinez as the all-decade quarterback? Zach? I, I I like it. I think, uh, you know, it, it feels like we only had two throughout the whole um, – it feels like we only had two throughout the whole decade <laughs> with him and uh, and Armstrong. And yeah. I don't know. There's there were, there were basically two different mindsets, and it was one that was like, you know, more – you know, physically and athletically gifted and Taylor Martinez, unfortunately injury injuries kind of plagued his, his career here after seeing such like bright flashes of what, what he could do early in his career. But the other one was uh, Tommy Armstrong, who was just a warrior. You know, right. he went out there, he would battle, he would, he would play through injuries. You know, you saw what he did against Oregon and it was really, you know, kind of fun to watch, but ultimately they were basically the same player. They just, yeah. you know, they just provided a little extra in certain different categories, but, you know, they were winning about the same game, same amount of games and, you know, bringing us to about the same level of uh, success. But, um, you know, to me, Taylor Martinez was more of the exciting player where, you know, you saw flashes of, again, what he could do. But, you know, you knew what you were going to get with uh, Tommy Armstrong, you know, whether you you weren't going to see you weren't going to see his backup as much as with uh, Taylor, Taylor Martinez. Yeah. Now, Drew, uh, for all conference quarterback. Were, were you in the Tommy camp or the uh, Taylor Martinez camp? You know, I'm a little torn. They both piss me off at times. <laughs> uh, Taylor's more of your flash in the pan. He's going to flash. He's got speed. He's got elusiveness. He's a little limited throwing. He did throw for 3,000 yards. He threw for five touchdowns against Okie State. Yep. Tommy was gritty day in and day out. You know, he's going to win by all means necessary. He's going to run. He's going to throw whatever it takes. I'm a little torn. You know, I could see either or. I'm kind of neutral on it. I could see Tommy or Taylor, but either one are going to be the number one guys. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't really um, pulled really strongly one way or the other, but I think they're my top two guys. Honestly. Not Tannerly though. Not Tannerly. Okay, not quite. Just not quite. Had to but uh, but I think Tommy was a way grittier leader and had way more uh, moxie as a person. Yeah. Where when things are going good for Taylor Martinez, he's kind of like a bully. He'll bully you. But when things are tough, you know. He's a front runner. He is. He is. So, He's exactly right. Um, I think for me, the, uh, I'm a Tommy guy over Taylor Martinez. Uh, I think the biggest difference was that um, Taylor Martinez was an athlete playing quarterback and Tommy Armstrong was a football player playing quarterback. Yes. Neither one of them were 
your uh, quarterbacks you'd want to build a franchise around <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But I'll take I'll take the football player over the athlete yep. any day of the week. A lot more gritty, uh, a lot more want to. You know, I felt like I felt we you know we did a lot of losing, um, but I felt like Tommy just really felt it yes. when we lost, and I felt like Taylor Martinez was just like okay. Like, whatever, yeah, we lost the game. So give me the guy that, you know, wants to, uh, you know, doesn't want to lose more than he wants to win. Uh, give that guy to me in the foxhole. Um, I'll take that every day of the week outside that. of some guy that may be a little bit more superior superior talented, but uh, the want to and the care about winning and losing isn't necessarily there. So uh, shout out to uh, Tommy Armstrong, by the way. He d- he did just get an XFL tryout invite. Yep. Nice. And so, so good luck to him. And then hopefully up that arena league. He has. Yeah. He he was MVP of the uh, the arena league. Uh, he's playing for that Grand Island. GI. Yep. Yeah. But uh, shout out to him and good luck to you. Yep. So uh, the rest of the list, obviously running backs, every, everybody, there's no, <laughs> there's, I mean. No debate. Yeah, no debate. You could have, you could have added a third and gave me Ray, Roy Halu on there. Yep. Um, you know, he did his thing too, but Amir and Rex are clear, the clear standouts. Um, the wide receivers, uh, you know, Stanley Morgan's one of my favorite players ever to play at Nebraska. Love that guy, you know, four-year player, you know, uh, was a very highly touted recruit. You know, that was uh that was Keith Williams' first uh, recruit, you know, because yeah. he came from down in Tulane. So he recruited yeah. New Orleans a lot. And that's where Stanley came from. And, uh, you know, he came and balled out. Uh, Kenny Bell, you know, I've just never been a Kenny Bell guy. Um, I felt like that for him being our all time leading receiver was just um, more of a Todd Peterson guy. Yeah, uh, you know, it was just <laughs> a, um, it just, it just lacked a lot of, you know, this is this is our all-time leader and receiver. This guy was never all conference. This guy was never the best player on the team. This guy was never the best on the field at any time in his life. And he was our all our all-time best receiver. But have you seen his six pack? Yeah, I mean, I, it's I I've got nothing positive to say about him. <laughs> so he's a nice sorry, he's a nice guy, but it just um, football wise, just not for me. Uh, Jordan Westerkamp, uh, I think we all agree on the, probably the best hands that uh, Nebraska has ever seen. Um, just a very great, that was, I will say that was probably the one guy that I was for sure was going to work out in the league that hasn't, hasn't know, got it, right? hasn't got a shot. I thought for sure Jordan Westerkamp was a pro. Was How a, have the Patriots not picked him up? Right? I know. Exactly. He matches all that. Does he need to start bagging groceries at Hy-Vee for the Please, Patriots to pick right? him up? I mean, if that's the that's case, a, then, that's a storybook matchup. You, everyone believes he's a slot receiver for the Patriots. Yes. Yeah. He's a he's Chris route re- runner and a sure-handed receiver. Sure-handed. So it's like, behind his back against Northwestern on the sideline. Two exactly. Feet. So, Lord Atlantic. Jordan Westerkamp, uh, Stanley <laughs> Morgan. Yes, please. I uh, love both those guys. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there we just had our first thousand-yard receiver, which is, you know, LSU had two this year. <laughs> so it's uh, it's more saying about kind of how Nebraska's program was run. We're too pass heavy. I, I have a feeling those stats are going to be uh, our stats. All fun. those all those receiving records are going to be getting blown out of the water oh, yeah. here in the next in this next decade. Yep. Um, tight end, Seaton Carter. Seaton Carter was a very talented guy, uh, but I think if <laughs> I don't know his stats, but I can uh, just picture them in my head and. I'm telling you that uh, I, I will guarantee he had less than 10 touchdowns in his total career. Oh, yeah. Um, so for a guy like that to be on the all-decade team um, just shows a lack of production out of the tight end position. Offensive line, it's a bunch of guys that um, – Mike Caputo, I, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's our that's our all-decade um, center. Walk on. I mean, the <laughs> you know, the decades before, uh, it would have been Dominic Royola, 
And uh, who was the Josh Heskey was before him? Yeah, it's like we had you some know, good players, nothing but him, all Americans yeah. and Outland Trophy winners. And Mike Caputo is the all all decade um, center. Not great. I mean, that guy was uh, <laughs> undersized to say the least. And I mean, just really not a lot to him. The other guys on the list, um, guys that are doing well in the league. Well, you know, unfortunately, like we've talked about a bunch, fall under that like Will Compton umbrella of the guys that. Um, have great have had good NFL careers, but their NFL career has been way better than their college career. Zach Bowman, yeah. So um, <laughs> Zach Potter. <laughs> what else you guys seeing off of the offense defense list? I, obviously the linebacker, yeah. uh, Levante David. No one's. I mean, that's, no one questions that. Yeah, yeah. Levante David, Randy Gregory, or you know, those are clear cut yeah. guys. Uh, I think Stanley Jean Baptiste was good his two years as a DB. He switched from receiver to DB. Yeah, you know, and got drafted second two, round, six foot three corner. Yep. Kind of started our lineage of tall corners. And yep. he had that big interception against yeah. Ohio State. He's a good player, right, right yeah. down the sideline. Yep. Yeah, he good caught player. it like a receiver. Yep. Over, exactly over, right. Yeah, over that his was shoulder. pretty sweet. They're yeah. all trying to say it was Richard Sherman going in the league after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. they one were one guy. One guy that Omaha World Herald didn't have, and and Athlon did as an all-purpose back was Roy Halo Jr. He needs to be mentioned because yeah, absolutely. I mean, we mentioned him earlier against Missouri, but he had that huge game, and he was just a he was a surefire running back that was gonna he oh, was yeah. gonna hit the hole. He's, he was gonna hit it hard. You felt good when the going. ball was in his hands. Yeah, he was he was a he was a really good running back, and I think they they nailed it with an all purpose back because he was a good receiver. Yes. Yeah, I believe he has the single game rushing record. Right? Yeah, like yeah, three hundred seven. Three hundred seven. Kansas State game too. Yeah, three hundred seven. Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. yeah. He also wore one glove. Shout out to Black History Month, February, Michael Jackson. One glove. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's the all-decade team. Um, I think just this all-decade team kind of just points to the the lack of success (laughs) Nebraska has had. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, this team here is a – a team that probably wouldn't be in the top twenty-five uh, <laughs> right now in college football. Even these to- all the decade, uh, I, all decade teams. I mean, against other this all, all yeah, teams, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not great. Yeah. It's not great at all. Yeah. Uh, so it is what it is. I mean, there's a variety of different reasons why. Obviously, coach turnover, uh, the misses on the recruiting trail. Um, how have you guys felt about the recruiting? We've recruited um, at a very high level. Like I said, we. Nebraska's lowest recruiting class was 35th, which would be higher than any class Iowa signed in the same time period. Um, the average recruiting class is 28th. So, you know, Nebraska recruits at a higher level than Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Purdue consistently. As, and to, and by consistently, I mean every single fucking year. So, <laughs> for 10 years, it goes into development. How was your play? Is that, is that, is, is it, that is it development or just misses on the recruiting trail? I mean, because they're all highly ranked, but like I said, I've got these our top recruits of offense and defense here, and it's a bunch of nobodies on this yeah. list. It's, I mean, but could they have been somebody had the had the right development or not? I don't know. I don't know. the wrong guy. Like Paul Thorson, I have no idea. Paul Thorson, our top recruit, 2013. Yeah. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. I think about it every time I get on the highway. Right. It's like <laughs> it's a Thurston Street. And I, I don't know. know. That guy I mean, never came to be. You know, 2015, 2016, top recruit Jalen Barnett and John Raritan. I mean, these are two guys that have now quit football yeah. because yes. and never saw one snap of football in their time here at Nebraska. I could be judgmental, but looking at their picture every year and like their media guide and stuff, they look soft though. Yeah, well, you know, Iowa. So I don't know. Is that you know, it? I don't know. I, they no. look, he, both people look no. soft in their picture. Uh, Taylor Brennan, he's an Oklahoma guy. Yeah, but he uh, looks soft. You know, they both look like pudgy babies. Yep. They don't look like they have that killer instinct. 
You know, I'm, I could be judgmental. I'm just looking at their picture. They don't look like yeah. ballers to me. But these last these last two years under Frost, I mean, his top recruit was uh, Adrian Martinez yeah. and then Wondell Robinson. I think with Frost, we're getting better every year. I will yeah. say. So, um, you know, and Raby, we talked about the last episode. You talked about, um, you know, well, Mike Riley – got in on a bunch of big names where we finished in a lot of people's top three of all these five stars yep. and highly ranked, highly touted guys. But you brought up a stat last episode about uh, Frost's cl- closing rate on four-star yeah. players when they come for an official visit, and he's closing out. I, it was like say, better than two-thirds, right? Yeah, like it a was six, like 65% than, yeah. clip. So um, the guys that he's going after, he's getting. Yes. Uh, um, it's just that the guy, what I'm saying is the guys he's going after every year are incrementally better. Right. So he's closing the deal with the same level, same amount of guys. But they're better every year. Like Caleb Tanner was our best, one of our best guys. Yep. There's guys that are better than Caleb Tanner in this next recruiting class, right? I now. hope so. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of a tale of uh, three tales of recruiting here <laughs> because uh, you know when we started out with Bo Pelini, he was going after dogs that were going to be dogs, and yeah, yep. you know they were under and and to keep with the dog theme. I mean, they were underdogs in recruiting because they weren't yeah. the highly touted guys, but they were guys that were going to come in, they were going to ball out, they're going to play for their coach. Right. And that's one thing Pelini did have with yes. his players. He had that mesh with, with the fact that like they they were going to ball out for for their coach, right? And you know they weren't necessarily the you know the most you know, highly the, touted the firework, guy. the firework recruits, but at the same time, you know they were going to come in and they were going to play hard for their coach. And then like like you guys just mentioned, um, Riley had those these guys, and he was going after. Micah Parsons, you know, that's yeah. one, what, Almost that's got one name sack, yeah. when I see him at Guy Penn State. Guy had a sack, a pick, a God. fumble, all that I in mean, the last game. When I see him just balling out at Penn State oh, right man. now, it just kind of hurt. It hurts yes. my feelings a little yeah. bit because yeah. we were so close to getting yeah. him. What could have been? I don't think we were ever really going to get him. Yeah. But that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, the guys that Mike Riley was going after. Right. Maybe, you know, he was throwing some Hail Marys out there or whatever, but – you know, he landed a few. He 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 started the Calabrasca movement, and that didn't go well. Um, <laughs> came I mean, in hot, it, it, fizzled out. Yeah, it, it came in and it went just as quick. But and then now we have Frost, who you know he he started out pretty good, and he had to throw a recruiting class together pretty quick. Right, um, coming in and still coaching that bowl game, and then you know it improved, and then according to rivals, this last uh, his most recruiting or most recent one outside of the one that we just signed was fifteenth, and then it was like. I, he finished in the twentieth in uh, in this most recent one, but yep. um, you know he it's starting to you're starting to see an uptick here. And, Absolutely, and he's getting the the skill players and he's building up that that depth of the offense and defensive line that we're going to see start to pan out yeah. here in the next couple of years. Yeah. So I, I I like the trajectory that he's got it going at, but um, you know he's he's building from nothing. Yeah, and I think uh, the one thing about it is. Um, Outside of that first ragtag recruiting class that he put together, you haven't seen a lot of uh, departures, transfers out. I mean, the first recruiting class, you know, he basically came in and, you know, signed a bunch of top end guys. But uh, they weren't they weren't the right guys. They were just, you know, guys that we kind of signed last minute. Um, But, you know, these last two classes and the guys that were already here. You haven't seen a lot of transfers, and transfers have plagued a lot of schools. I mean, you got some schools, 16, 17 guys. We haven't had one guy that uh, plays transfer out. Um, you know, the most recent guy that uh, transferred out, it was a mental health issue. So that happens, trying to move closer to home. So it's never been – the guys that we're losing aren't guys that are contributors or were expected to be contributors here in the next year. So um, I think that says a lot about how the players feel about Frost and the staff. And the culture. Yeah. And the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's – it sets the tempo because, I mean, 
these transfers can make or break hit your program yeah. real quick. So uh, the 2000s, uh, 2010s, um, we saw a lot of different shit. Um, can you guys pinpoint, uh, you know, a lot of things happen, good, bad, uh, and different. Uh, but what was, what, for a high point for you guys the last 10 years, what was the high point um, in Nebraska football, maybe a game you went to or um, something happening? What was, for Drew, what, for you, what was the uh, high point for the 2010s for you? I think uh, by hook or by crook, I think it was the win against Michigan State. That was a high point for us. Yep. Grotesquely underrated. And uh, I really don't think we should have won that game, but we ended up with the W, so that helped us a lot. I think that was a big booster right. at a time we needed it. Um, I don't think we deserved to win the game, and I don't think that it was a little catch. <laughs> I don't think so either. But I think the impact and the waves we felt, it really revived the program for a short minute. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I mean, Michigan State went on to the uh, CP- yeah. CFP that year. They've been solid every year until the last one. I mean, I think that was a big, pivotal win for us. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think we deserved it, but I think, you know, in the record book, we got the W, and so that helped us the most in recent time because we've struggled a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, the the top moment was the uh, the win at home over Oregon um, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, we had just, like I said, we had just came off that uh, Foster Farms Bowl win over UCLA the, to close out the year before, which UCLA, I believe, was number 16 at the time. Yep. Uh, and then – you know, coming into the 2017 season, we knew that we had a pretty favorable schedule. We had Oregon come to town, but after that, it was like, okay, we can get to seven and zero really quickly here if we can uh, take care of this Oregon game. Yeah, and there's a lot of hype. And you know, we were thinking uh, it turned out that Oregon wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good, but uh, they came in, you know, undefeated and what one and zero, two and zero, whatever it was. Yeah, right. Um, it was also for some reason the first game, I, Nebraska game, I attended with my dad. <laughs> um, not not sure how that happens when two huge Husker fans, but he doesn't he doesn't go to a lot of games. He he does tailgating, and but it was the first game me and my old man went to, and when we won, you know I've got a great picture of me and him celebrating in the crowd after after we won, and I just remember going to meet up with Rabian and we're like thinking that you know this was the game that was turning the corner, you know this was the and it ended up we. It, you know, we did end up starting seven and zero. Oh mean, yeah, we went to we uh, hot. Indiana that year, got that win, and you know, Nebraska seven and zero in the top ten. So just that feeling, that vibe, that whole day of beating Oregon, um, just was uh, my highest memory from the two thousand tens. In a in a decade full of a lot of losing, oh, man. that was the high point for me. Zach, uh, you know, you went to a lot of games, been to a lot, saw a lot of things. What what was the high point of the 2010s for you? Mine was pretty easy to pinpoint, honestly. Um, I went to that 2014 Miami at Nebraska game. Oh and, yeah, yep. I mean, that was just big boy football. We yeah. beat him 41-31. I've never seen Amir Abdullah run so hard. Right. Randy Gregory and and their offensive line were getting in scuffles after every play, yep. and it was just like. Both teams wanted to be there. They wanted to win that game. And, you know, both – who was the Miami coach at the time? He wore the uh, – he the wore, like, suit the suit. every time. Yeah. yeah. Him, and, him, and Bo, him and Bo were just on the field after every play, like, bitching at the refs. And, yep. Um, it was just awesome. Like, I remember, you know, I lived in uh, – I think this was the last year I lived in Iowa. Yep. And I went back to work um, after being in, in Lincoln that weekend and – I had bruises on my arms from throwing the bones so hard <laughs> uh, that like, I mean, they were just sore for the whole week. And yep. um, it, that, that game was just sweet because it was just, Al Golden. it was just a battle. It was Al Golden. Yeah, yep. you're right. Um, it was just a battle the whole time. And, and I, I think that we got to a little, 
a little bit like flex our muscles yeah. on on national TV. And right. it, was, it was a night game, and we were playing. We ran it at will night. I was at that game. Yeah, too, that was that was that was a sweet game, and that that was definitely the highlight for me. Yeah. Uh, also, I wasn't that when we uh, the '95 team yeah. came back. Yeah. For uh, we had the red jerseys and like a silver, like number silver and black numbers. Yeah. yeah. So the shoes we were looked honoring orange. the uh, 90, 95, 94, 94 yeah. team. Yeah. Yep. That beat Miami. So, and I was at the game, and it was. Gregory was getting in a fight every. We doing, I think oh. it was Eric Flowers. Yes, yep. yeah, Eric Flowers. I think he plays for the Giants. Yeah, now. number nine pick in the draft. Yeah, um, him and and Gregory just going at it after every single play. Just, just great. Yeah, <laughs> great, great atmosphere. So I specifically remember doing the wave a lot. <laughs> and and uh, the student section had the big uh, the big flag over him and said, "Welcome to your worst nightmare." Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, had, yeah. it had the it was Love a black that. flag flag with the the crossbones. That was sweet. That was great. That, that was, that was as, as good of an atmosphere in college football as you can ask I for. I agree. Yeah. That was uh it had, you know, felt like it felt like the nineties. Yeah. You know? I was, yeah. I was drunk well, enough big time after, Nebraska Miami, man. Yeah. I was I was drunk enough and having a good enough feeling that I almost bought a hundred and fifty dollar poster that had a micro zero's jersey in it <laughs> because of that game, because that game yeah. was that fun. Did you? No, I didn't pull no, the trigger. Didn't pull the trigger. So, nope. I, so now I, I mean, okay. So those are the high points of uh and <laughs> and you know, and the the funny thing about it is like those both high points that we listed, neither one of those were uh, ranked matchups. So Whoops. for a decade, the uh, the games that we mentioned weren't uh, weren't ranked matchups. Uh, my Oregon game, Oregon ended up being a four win fucking team that year. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Miami, I think, went six and six. So, I, I will say, side note: seeing Levi ride in the motorcycle had to be one of the top ten moments at UCLA. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Levi in the so, motorcycle. Come on. So, um, so that's the high point. What? What is the lowest Ooh. point for um, which there's a hell of a lot of these? Jesus. Um, if you had to, what was the lowest point or the game that really just um, you're not getting over from the 2010s? Yeah. Mine was uh, Riley's last game. <laughs> the we, Iowa game? The Iowa game. Yeah. We were no. tied 14 to 14 with them oh, at halftime. God damn. We, we went up 7 nothing. They tied it. We went up 14 7. They tied it. Went into, went into halftime. And they scored 28 points in the third quarter, Oof. beat us 56 to 14 overall. Yeah. It's a bad one. I've, I mean, outside of the last Iowa game from this last season, I don't know that I, I've ever walked out of Memorial Stadium more frustrated. Damn. Yeah. And it, it just was the most gut punching loss because they weren't that good that year. I they know. were six and. I think they were six and five when they, when they beat us. us. Six and five when they played us. Yeah, yeah, and I mean we weren't we weren't bowl eligible. We weren't going to be bowl eligible with that win. But right. At the same time, we still want to win the. Fucking it was just game. like icing on the cake for just a shitty year. Yep. Yes. And we had them on the ropes a little bit, and then, and then I shit mean the bed. Yep. The the two touchdowns we had in the first half were Tanner Lee to Stanley Morgan, and we were looking good, mm-hmm. and we were hanging with them, you know, and and then. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that uh, that game. I was I was at that game, and we went out at halftime to do a little tailgating, and my, I had the bubble guts going on. So <laughs> you know, so we get out to tailgate, and I go sit in the Porta John for a minute, and the minute apparently was a long minute because when I Whoops. came out of that motherfucker, hot minute, a hot minute, it was forty-two to fourteen, and I go, "What the fuck did I just miss?" I mean, I was in, I obviously I was in there for. Quite a, a while, full, but full yeah, it was yeah, it was fourteen fourteen when I went into the shitter, and when I and when I came out of the shitter, it was forty two to fourteen, and the game was over, and I Jesus. was like, it wasn't over, but it was forty two fourteen. Yeah. So just I remember that game very vivid. Um, you Drew, know what, what's what, what game sticks out to you this last for decade? me? This is like a weird one. But this sticks out to me heavily because uh, 
when we lost to Illinois in that fourth down play, oh, you know, man. Tom Armstrong's senior year, yeah. Mike Riley's second year, first right. year, whatever it was. I mean, we had the game in the bag. Yep. We fucking didn't run the ball. Just run the ball. And then on fourth down, we throw a pass incomplete to Zigbo. My wife and I spent <laughs> the next 15 minutes kicking furniture. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> that sticks out to me more than any loss. Nothing I've absorbed more has hurt me more. Yep. Like, that was a brutal loss. Should never have lost Illinois. Fuck them. And me and my wife spent the next 15 minutes kicking furniture. So I was in uh, I was in Kansas City for a bachelor party at that time. And I strongly considered putting like $700 on Nebraska money line. Oh my God. And I, it was a Nebraska bar in Kansas city. Um, actually a uh, Husker alum and fellow Southeast alum, Andy Sand. And yeah, baby. there. Yeah, uh, baby. Uh, talked to them for a little bit. Sandman. Super state tight yep. end. No big deal. Um, but I consider putting $700 on the money line on Nebraska that game. I did not pull the trigger. Thank God you didn't. And it was a blessing in disguise. Even though, <laughs> even though it hurt my heart really, really bad to watch us lose to Illinois for the yeah. first time and probably hit. Jesus. Com- yep. or I mean, we should have history, we should have even lost the game, though. Just run the ball and run the clock out. I know. Exactly. Clock management. And then, yeah. though, the cherry on top of shit is Riley blamed Armstrong for that last play. Yeah, he said yeah. he audibled for the play. Threw him under the bus. Threw him under the bus. If you're, I'm a coach. I would never I'm, – I'm, it's never to that level. It's never that high stakes. I'm just saying, don't throw your player under the bus. And He's was, a 20-year-old kid. That was you know? uh, Freedom Akamandula's uh, breakout game, and that was his peak also. <laughs> he got, <laughs> he got the majority of his John. career yep. four sacks yep. on yep. one game. That was it. Um, <laughs> that was it for him. For me, the lowest moment was the, uh, the 2012 Big Ten Championship game. Yeah. Um, a lot of things going on in that game. Um, we got to it. We had a good season that year, but we – we had already beat uh, Wisconsin earlier in the year, right. even though Monty Ball kind of went off, had three touchdowns on us, and we wore those horrendous yeah, fucking alternate specials. jerseys. I mean, Adidas really needs to step their game up. They've, <laughs> they've done better, but that those, I mean, those, those jerseys were terrible, level. terrible. Um, so we had already beat Wisconsin early in the season, and I believe Wisconsin was like six and six, yeah. or and we played them. Because Ohio State was on probation. Yep. Because and they were undefeated. They went tattoo tw- game. They went twelve and zero. Went twelve and zero, and they sold the jerseys for tattoos. And also, the second place team was Penn State, who went eight and four. But the Joe Pa just happened. Sandusky so they're so they're under suspension for the Joe Pa stuff. So we're playing the third ranked team in the other side, the <laughs> Legends Division or Leaders Division, whatever yeah. the fuck it was. So it was just set up perfectly for Nebraska. Like to win. Here's we're breaking our streak of not having any conference title since 1999. We're going to the Rose Bowl. This is our second year in the Big Ten. Nebraska is announcing itself, and to get fucking boat raced like that uh, by Wisconsin, just I mean, it was a kick to the teeth. I, I made mean, a, I made a really bad bet that game too. I lost a lot of money there. I, I no, was mine was worse. Mine was. More of a bad bet for my liver. Oh, oh. Um, I at this time I Are still live in Iowa. Vodka or what? I still <laughs> close. You'll, you'll you'll hear soon, but um, no, I still lived in Iowa at the time, and I went to this Husker bar in Iowa, and I made the bet that any uh, Wisconsin touchdown that was scored, I would oh, take shit. a, teque- a shot of tequila. Oh boy! Oh boy! And they scored ten touchdowns. <laughs> uh oh! And you should have seen me. Running around and jumping around when Taylor Martinez ran that one touchdown. That was a hell of a play. That was a hell of an individual one of the, play. One of the greatest, probably one of the greatest college football plays of all time. One of the most uh, but, extreme efforts of type two uh, fast switch muscle fibers, oxygen depletion, didn't give a shit. Stop and go. Yeah. But just um, ran around the defense forever. But yeah, I took 10 shots to kill it. And, and, and we got beat 17 um, 21. BAC 4.0. Yeah. yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, 
um, you know, one of the most impressive streaks of the 2010s. Um, um, it goes with uh, my road road game record. Um, <laughs> oh man! I mean, and not every staying consistent. Talking about yes, continuity, most uh, most of my friends already know, but uh, you know, in the 2000s, 2010, I started. I was like, I'm going to go to the big road game each year. I'm going to try to see all the Big Ten stadiums, and you know, I'm just going to each game. I'm going to go to one road game. Well, uh, you know, in the 2000s, I went uh, one for 10 um, <laughs> with uh, no Power 5 victories. The lone, lone victory came at Fresno State. Uh, yeah. Where, <laughs> and so where we beat up on them. And we maybe, balled out that game. Maybe the hottest game in the history of football. I mean, it was like it, the game was at 8 o'clock Pacific time, so it had to be like 10 o'clock, obviously 10 o'clock here. And it was like 98 degrees during the game. Um, <laughs> Shout but, out to Zach Yelkin. For you know, game. it started back 2000, 2012, went to the UCLA game, got beat. 2014, go into Wisconsin. Um, Melvin Gordon breaks a rushing record on us. Uh, 2015, uh, the game at Miami. Nebraska's down 3-27 to to start the third quarter. End up coming back and forcing overtime where Tommy throws a pick. And then Alex Lewis cheaps up, shots a guy, so – uh, Miami's got an easy field goal to uh, beat us. 2016, um, where I got my lone victory at Fresno State, but also uh, went to the uh, Ohio State game where uh, we got uh, curb stomp 3 to 62. Um, 2017, Minnesota, Nebraska is down 40 to 14 in the third quarter. 2018 at Iowa, we get beat by the walk off field goal. And then this past season at Colorado, where we are up. So you would say I've seen a lot of uh, road losing. Most of my buddies would tell me that uh, I need to stop traveling uh, to go see Nebraska play because of uh, my little record here. Uh, I guess forgot to mention the Oregon game. Went out to Oregon. Uh, Nebraska's down 42, uh, 42-14 at halftime. It ended up rattling off 28 unanswered in the third and fourth quarter to make it look close, but the game was never actually close. Um so I've seen a lot of losing. I've seen some records broken. I've seen a lot of blowouts. Um, unfortunately, it's been uh, it's been quite the uh, process. But uh, you know what? I'm going to continue my uh, my strive to uh, see every Big Ten uh, school and eventually get to uh, goal is to uh, 25 stadiums uh, around the country. So um, we're about 14 stadiums and seven Big Ten stadiums. So uh, we're halfway there. We're getting to it. So. We're hoping to uh, have a little better um, <laughs> outcomes come this uh, next decade. So, how's our DJ rank rank against uh, the other away stadium? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's a thing that I'm I'm gonna beat as long as I'm talking about Nebraska football. <laughs> I will be talking about how Nebraska's DJ situation is the worst in the country. I mean, for instance, I mean, just worse than Fresno. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, so, for instance, Nebraska played Michigan State basketball what, on Thursday night. Um, you know, um, <laughs> what's the name hits the big three to tie the ball game up right before halftime. Deshaun Burke. Yeah. Deshaun Burke hits the big three to tie it up right before halftime and crowd is just going wild. Uh, Izzo's got to call a timeout and it's like this is where you drop, the drop the hottest the, This is where you drop the hottest track you have in it. And he said, let me put on DMX party up in here. It's like, 
why why is Nebraska in love with DMX and these Jock Jams '97? I like it's your like, move it, move it's it. Like, I mean, and people. <laughs> I know people are just gonna scoff at the idea, like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? You music doesn't get you hyped up. Music doesn't put you in a better place. Music doesn't set the tempo for you. You go to a bar, a party, anywhere. You're in your car. Like music is set in the tempo music for how you're the emotion. Got, exactly. Music creates the emotion. And these guys, these guys that are playing on the fucking court had never even heard they weren't alive when DMX and this fucking song no, came out. No. You know, you're drop, 18, 19 years old. DMX some DMX fucking came out hot fire. Drop some hot fire. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. We went to my at the Miami game. I mean, it was like a club in there. Um at the Oregon game. They're swag surfing, the whole crowd's into it. AKY, me and my wife decided that was gonna be our entrance. Love swag surfing. When we went life. to the Oregon game, she was like, oh, I like this song. We should do this. If we get married, right? And guess what? We got married last week, and we came out to swag surfing. Shout out to Oregon! So, and I did my best to uh, dance to it. Exactly. Yep. So it's big ass. Many people aren't going to buy into it, but I'm telling you, it's these young 18, 19, 20 year old kids. They're not trying to hear DMX and all this other bullshit that these DJs play. It's terrible. It's a joke. And whoever's the DJ needs to be fired, and whoever hired the DJ needs to go too. So that's my spill, and I'm going to say this every goddamn episode around here because it's <laughs> fucking a big deal to me. So, well, I mean, it is a big deal. The DJ at a different game caused you to have that your walkout song yeah. for your wedding. I mean, that's at the Colorado deal. game this year, fucking nothing but hot jams coming. Nothing but the baby. I mean, the music. We're not playing music that's came out in the last ten years at Nebraska or no. five. Yeah. Or last twenty. Or last like, twenty. Nineteen ninety three. Like, God damn, man! Like I like to move it, move right. it. Right. So like, it can't be the song. It can't be. It can't be. I mean, it's just. It's it's a bigger deal than people want to yeah. give any. It's a vibe. Any vibe, you know. It's 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 a big deal. So yeah. I'm gonna obviously beat that dead horse. <laughs> but you know, uh, this coming season, uh, you know, speaking of my road games, I'm thinking. Uh, what do you got on the table? Um, well, you know, we just got married and stuff. We got to take a honeymoon at the end of the year. So definitely going to be going to Northwestern. Is your honeymoon going to entail a Husker football game? Or no. Ireland? Okay, I, okay. No, no, we're we're, we're we're going across the pond. Um, oh baby! So probably the Northwestern game, and then uh, think about checking uh, Rutgers off the, uh, the okay. List. Okay, uh, we got you know those are two those yeah. are two very winnable games. I like those for your career streak right. of away games. Exactly, it's like one of those games. I I felt that about Colorado this last Damn. year. I was like, this is I was like this winnable is game. This is happening. We're gonna win this game. We played lights out defense. And we're up seventeen nothing. I'm like fucking streak broken. Streak broken. Let's streak do broken. this. Here we go. And uh, fortunately, that didn't work out well. Hey. So shout out to Northwestern and Rutgers. We're coming for that W and breaking that streak, starting this decade out on the right foot. So that's uh, that's about it, guys. I mean, we kind of touched on a variety of subjects. Um, anything else you guys wanted to uh, talk about before we put a bow on this show? Just that uh, I hope the 2020s are much more fruitful than the uh, 2010s for the Nebraska football program. Can't get any worse. No. There's, no way to, worse. there's nowhere to go but nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Zach, I mean, did you guys want to touch on maybe a couple of the draft picks? Uh, the, you know, the recent history of Nebraska's drafting. Well, it's dwindling. Been... We know that. <laughs> dwindling is a uh, understatement. Uh, it's evaporated. Well, we've had two people in the last three years. Is that correct? Um, yep, that is correct. Who are the two? Uh, Who are the two? The, they are Nate Gary and Tanner Lee. Yeah. I will say for Nate Gary, he's played some football. Nate he's... Gary has played great. Yes, and I will also put a little extra plug in three years out, which would be Malik Collins. Yeah. He's been killing it for the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm a is. Cowboys fan, so I really appreciate what he's done. Yep. Um, in addition to that, I'm going to reiterate what I said at the beginning of the podcast and say that uh, 
Really big thanks to uh, Red White Nation, Feedspot, and Pipeline. Yeah, appreciate um, you guys. Yep. You're uh, you're giving us some support, and we really appreciate that. In addition to that, if you haven't um, and you haven't seen on uh, our Twitter handle, um, we do have a new blog. It's at Big Red Revival. Um, substitute the uh, I with a one. Just like um, the big Yep. Um, we're putting out some fire there too. So check us out there and uh, any support is appreciated. And yep. we, we appreciate all of you. Yeah. And reach back out to us on Twitter. Let you, let us know what you guys thought of the show, you know, read the blog, uh, listen to the episode. Um, you know, this year is going to be, we're going to be going to our second season. So we're really looking to uh, put, put our full strength into this and uh, you know, get some more content going out and kind of step our game up a little bit more than uh this previous season, you know, the first season we kind of just got our legs underneath us, but uh, we're looking to, uh, you know, make this thing a little bit bigger than it has been. So we appreciate uh, everybody that listens and all the support. Um, but, you know, we, uh, we're looking to uh, have a little bit better decade uh, in the 2010s. I know, uh, Zach, it was tough for you. I think what is your big Yankees fan of his first decade, they didn't make the World Series. We correct? don't want to talk about that. So the 2010s did not treat uh, <laughs> treat you too good. I mean, Nebraska at all-time low. Yankees uh, not making the World Series for the first I mean, time. None of us really got it done. The Niners, they yeah. had a couple shots. Yeah, yeah. We, went, there, hey, we went to the Super Bowl twice. This, yeah. you know, the Panthers had a shot. They lost. The yeah. Broncos, so, but, you know. The 49ers, you know, they've come around. So uh, it is what it is. It's, We're going to uh, get there. It's sports, you know. It's like if, it's it feels better when it's been a while, you know. I it's agree. like if you're a Patriots fan and you're winning every other year, or Alabama or Clemson these days, it's like it feels better when it – you really got to grind it out and work for it, you know. Yep. Like LSU, they're they're rejoicing a little bit more than uh, Clemson would have, you know, because yes. Clemson's used to win. They won three out of the last five. So, um, you know, we're gonna get back to that national stage, and uh, you know, maybe not national championship, but uh, you know, we're gonna get back to uh, where Nebraska should be—a perennial top ten team—and uh, you know, winning some big games. So, look forward to that. Uh, anything else you guys want to add to it? GBR. Yep. That's All right, it. We'll second that. GBR, and we'll see you guys uh, in a couple of weeks uh, where we'll start looking forward to the uh, spring game and uh, some spring ball. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, go Big Red.